we just want to take this technology that's really been locked in a lab into a form factor that's easy and convenient and elegant that just about anybody could use. Any kind of movement that you want to practice and commit to muscle memory, that's what we could help with. That's what we could help accelerate. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. Hey, what's up, everybody? Before we jump into today's episode of the OPP, it's giveaway time. I'm so stoked to announce the fact that we are giving away a Halo Sport headset. And today's episode is about the Halo Sport, so you're going to learn all about this thing. The Halo Sport is the world's first and only neurostimulator to accelerate improvements in athletic strength and also skills-based training. Now, this headset that I've been using for the last month or so is pretty incredible. This sends low-grade electric currents into your motor cortex. Uh, It's used by professional athletes, dancers, musicians, artists, fitness enthusiasts, and just about any and every skill-based sport or activity you can think of. The Halo Sport was developed by a team of neuroscientists and bioengineers as the world's first headset to let you train hard and train smart and refine your skills so that you can master any physical skill or sport. If you're about fine motor cortex, if you're if you're a musician or if you're some sort of performer, this is good this is good for you too. When you put this thing on, it can accelerate your learning, unlock a higher level of training so that you can see faster results. So click on the link in the description to enter now and make sure you share this contest because every time that you share, you're entered in to win again. One of you guys is gonna win the Halo Sport and I hope it's you. One more quick thing before we jump into this episode and that is to hook you guys up. Use the code MAC15, as in Shawnee Mac, as in Mystic Mac, as in me, MAC15 for 15% off your total purchase. We're only doing 20 of these promo codes, so use them quickly. Um, But this is just another way to, to give you guys as much possible value. I'll take this quick second to tell you a little bit about my favorite supplements that Natural Stacks carries, the Prebiotic Plus. It's a powdery drink that I take every single night before I go to sleep. It helps me sleep and it helps me digest my food. This is resistant starch. It tastes really good. And what you may not know, or may you, you may know, is that resistant starch feeds your gut microbiome. So this is basically giving food to the healthy cooties in your stomach. I take it every single night. I absolutely love it. And I can actually feel like even, especially when I've had a cheat day and I've eaten kind of poorly during the day, especially then I feel it working. I take this at night and I don't wake up feeling bloated or, or tired or, or puffy. It's awesome stuff. It's the Prebiotic Plus. So give this stuff a try and uh, on with the episode. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com, 
And as always, 100% of the time, these episodes are accompanied by a blog post that has all the show notes, transcripts, all the bells and whistles so that you don't have to miss a single solitary detail. And as you know, as you already know, we are giving away a Halo Sport, a a product that we are going to talk about this whole episode, something that I've tried that I actually really enjoyed, and it's the topic of our conversation today. Our guest for today's episode of the OPP is Dr. Daniel Chow, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Halo Neuroscience and the creator of the Halo Sport. Dr. Daniel Chow, Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Excited to be on. Yeah. So I, I like to start most of these with in the same way. And it's and I'm always curious, um, what did you take as far as vitamins today? Are you on any supplements or brain drugs or anything? Uh, just caffeine. Does just caffeine. Count? Yeah. Old school. I like it. Uh, you, you've, you and I have been talking for a little bit before we, uh, before we jumped into this episode. Um, it's been, uh, it sounds like it's been a kind of a busy day for you, <laughs> for you today. Um, t- tell us a little bit about sort of the origin story, the Genesis story of Halo Neuroscience and how you got involved. And before we jump into talking about specifically the Halo sport. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a neuroscientist. I'm also a medical doctor. And I'm one of these people that nerded out on the brain since the time I was a kid. Uh, so, you know, I studied it in college, went to Stanford for medical school, got a master's in neuroscience at Stanford as well. And, you know, while I was, um, so while I was in graduate school, I started to learn about ways we can interact with the brain therapeutically. And it really boils down to two general areas. So one is talk therapy. And the other is drugs. Um, both leave much to be desired. So talk therapy is is slow. It's doesn't it scale. It's very one to one. Drug therapy. So we all know about drugs for the brain. They don't work very well. And um, you know the side effects are often a, about as bad as the disease itself. So it really, you know, begged the question, is there a third way that we can interact with the brain? And I was thinking that maybe that third way is electricity, right? Like the the brain is an electrical organ. We've known this for literally a thousand years. What if we use electricity as medicine to talk to the brain, you know, in its most naturalistic form, uh, in a way that we can modulate neural activity and circuitry? Um, you know, and in a way that could, you know, help humanity. So certainly on the health side, so treating disease, but, uh, what if we can build it safe and easy enough to help with the performance side? So otherwise healthy people, um, and help them perform a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, this, this concept led to my first company, uh, uh, this company called Neuropace, um, we built a medical implant. So think of a pacemaker like technology, but for the brain, not the heart. Um, so this, uh, this device is out in clinical practice. It's used to treat epilepsy, uh, which is a disease of disease of seizures. And we will able to show that, uh, you know, by using electric fields, interacting with the brain, almost as medicine, we are able to control seizures in our patients far better than any drug could. 
So, you know, here's, here's exhibit A for, uh, you know, what might sound like a crazy concept to your listeners, um, like already in clinical practice, doing amazing work for thousands of people with epilepsy. Um, so, you know, the idea for Halo actually came out of that work. Uh, so, you know, as heartening as that work was, um, you know, it was a medical implant, so it's not for everybody. Uh, so what if we could take the surgery out of the therapy, right? Mm-hmm. What if we could do, what if we could build electronic therapies for the brain in a non-surgical form factor? And, and so, you know, that's how we founded Halo is just that one general concept. You know, what we saw happening in scientific labs around the world is that they were playing around with the technology that we're going to talk a lot about called transcranial direct current stimulation, or, you know, for this conversation, we could abbreviate it as TDCS. So about 3000 papers, uh, peer reviewed journal articles that have been published on this topic showing that you can neuromodulate non-invasively in ways that's to our advantage. So in healthy Mm. people making us better, um, in sick people curing disease or at least treating the disease and giving them some kind of benefit, some relief from their symptoms. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how we founded the company. It was really on the back of a, a pretty large base of scientific literature. And, you know, we just want to take this technology that's really been locked in a lab into a form factor that's easy and convenient and elegant that just about anybody could use. I, I was, I'm really surprised to hear, I'm encouraged obviously, but it's a really surprised to hear that there, there are 3000 of those white papers that, that show that, that show the evidence. Can you tell, yeah. can, can you tell me a little bit about a couple of those that kind of stand out for you? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, beyond white paper, Sean, cause white paper suggests that you just put something out there. So these are peer reviewed journal articles. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Just like a small distinction, but I wanted to make that, um, that, that that's out in the, uh, in the medical literature. So, um, you know, a lot of the early research was neurophysiology. So, just looking at model systems to see that if you could help neurons communicate with each other and help them build new circuits, um, you know, if you could do that, you know, that is a model for accelerated learning. You know, the formation of new circuits is how we learn as human beings. Um, so, you know, there was really nice evidence with neurophysiology models that demonstrated that. And this goes back to 2004, 2005, a couple of German scientists um, made these fundamental discoveries that we're all using today um, as our basis for our work. Um, And then uh, where it really gets interesting, Sean, is when you start connecting changes in neurophysiology to real empirical evidence that we could affect human biology, right? So now, now we could say, hey, in a in people who have had a stroke, who can't move their arm anymore because um, their stroke affected their ability to move, what if we paired physical therapy with neurostimulation? And if you did that, you could show in a very nice controlled, randomized, controlled you know, clinical trial that the group that got neurostimulation did much better. So they learned how to use their arm or their leg much faster than the group that didn't get neurostimulation, but got the same physical therapy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it went to, so it started in a disease model and then it worked, it worked its way up to otherwise healthy people. It's like, wait a second, we can help 
stroke victims learn movement faster? Like, what about athletes? Right? Like, could we, can we help them learn skill faster? Can we learn, help them learn to be more explosive? Can we help them learn to be stronger? Um, you know, strength is a, is a skill explosion is a skill. And of course, um, you know, little fiddly tasks like playing a violin or putting a golf ball, that's obviously skill, but all of these things we could help athletes, um, learn that movement faster through neurostimulation. Through specifically transcranial direct current stimulation. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. That flavor of neurostimulation. When was, when was the first time that you, uh, that you tried it and, and what, mm. what were, what were your results like? I'm just yeah. curious. Cause I, I, I I'm going to jump out on a limb and say that you're, you're some sort of weekend warrior. Like, are you, uh, are you like a ultra marathoner or are you, um, a cyclist enthusiast? Like what's your, what's your flavor? Yeah. Cyclist. Cyclist. Um, yeah. I'm proud to say that I ride my bike more than I drive my car. Yeah, man. And- um, yeah, and you, you, you add up the miles over the last 10 years of my life. I definitely have ridden more miles than driven. Um, so oh, I, I love this question. So my first time using, uh, this device is even before it was about a year before we founded halo. So my now co-founder, we were basically playing around in, in his garage. And we built one of these things and it's nothing to look at. Um, you know, there's like sponges and cables and, um, it was kind of hacked together, but it was enough to get started. And what we wanted to do is prove to ourselves that we can replicate some of the findings that we, we saw in the published literature. Right. So, you know, Sean, I, like, I have to admit there's uh, like the, the published literature, um, there's a lot of truth there, but there's also a lot of garbage. Mm. Um, so before, you know, we take, we make this big professional, you know, life move and switching jobs and founding another company, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that the technology had legs. So, you know, we hacked together one of these devices and started literally just stimulating our own motor cortex. And we were able to replicate in ourselves and then later our friends, um, some of the early studies that were published, uh, um, um, showing that. Uh, you can get some kind of effect with TDCS and motor learning. Um, so once we were able to do that, we're like, Hey, wait a second. You know, there's something real here. You know, maybe it's time that we thought about quitting our jobs, raising money and founding a new company around this. Yeah. So that's some of my really early experience, but yay, you know, connecting it to cycling. Um, so full disclosure, I'm in my mid forties and, <laughs> That's you're okay. You're okay in my book, man. Okay. All right. Um, uh, so yeah, I, there's a, so live in San Francisco, just on the other side of the golden gate bridge is, um, a local hill called Hawk Hill and there's a Strava segment. And if you're under eight minutes, then you're in the top 1%. And it's, uh, you know, like everybody knows their Hawk Hill time. Any, any cyclists around here will know their Hawk Hill time. Like it's tattooed on their forearm. And I could never get sub eight. Um, and once I turned 40, I just stopped trying. I'm like, well, you know, it's, uh, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I found this crazy little neurostimulation company and, you know, we find that we're able to, um, you know, modulate the, the neural activity in our motor cortex. I'm like, let's give it a go. 
So I started stimulating my motor cortex. I started um, being really prescriptive on a trainer and doing intervals. Um, and I, I've tried this recipe before and it didn't work. So I'm like, okay, let's try it again, but this time with neurostimulation. And I got 745. Wow. So I'm, and, and I did it at a time in my life where you wouldn't expect one to set a PR for themselves. Like uh, driz- drizzling outside on the back of a two day cold with, uh, with, with a, you know, after a night, a happy hour kind of deal. No, no, I slept, <laughs> slept well, um, idle winds. So yeah, I, there's favorable conditions, but I tried it before in favorable conditions on a good night's sleep and I couldn't do it. Huh? So, so, so yeah, it's, uh, that, that was really cool. Well, I, and I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am to know that this is just another case of somebody uh, tinkering around in their garage with their buddy saying, Hey, I think we can make this thing work. Let's just, let's just try all great. Uh, all great startups uh, begin with uh, a couple of dudes tinkering around in a garage somewhere. I love that. Yeah, it is pretty, uh, I hate to admit it's pretty stereotypical for the Silicon Valley. Yeah, <laughs> right. It totally. It's it's great. So I want I want to take a step back because um, I want I want to make it absolutely clear what this device looks like, feels like, how it works. You know, the the motor cortex is obviously the key area of the brain that we're talking about for stimulation. And you know, we can we're not going to be talking over the head of our listeners. Everybody that's listening is is pretty adept and, and understands. Uh, I think, uh, neuroscience in the areas of the brain, um, you know, at least, uh, at a surface level. So, um, if you would take a step back and, and explain specifically, um, what stimulating the, the motor cortex through this TDCS, um, uh, approach what this what this actually does to our physical bodies and our ability to um, to perform. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you asked for a description of the form factor first. So let's hit that. Uh, so they look like a set of headphones. Uh, what's different about Halo Sport versus a regular set of headphones are these special pieces that um, we call them primers. So we call the technology neuropriming, like you're priming your neurons. So therefore, we call these special pieces on the underside of the arch of the headset primers. Uh, But between, uh, you know, Sean, between us and your listeners, um, those primers are effectively electrodes. Um, That is where we, um, uh, we create an electric field that is strong enough to get through your skull while gentle enough to interact with, in this case, your motor cortex. Um, So a little bit of luck here in that the motor cortex sits right above our ears. And that is why the headphone form factor is so perfect. So uh, Beats or Bose, whatever, um, had a set of headphones, just the the arch of those headphones just naturally go over the motor cortex. So, um, you know, for us, we're kind of agnostic to the form factor. Um, We just want to hit that top part of your head. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when, like, you know, we're like, so what are we going to, what's this thing going to look like? And it just kept coming back to headphones. Um, so, you know, those, those, the, the halo sport, um, it does play music. Uh, but the music part is completely separate from the neurostimulation. So you can listen to music. You don't have to listen to music. It's totally up to you. Um, you know, for us, the ear cups, 
is really just to grip your damn head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the fact that they play music is just because they started to look like headphones and we're like, ah, why not? Let's throw audio drivers in there, but it's not core to the technology. Um, all right. So the second part of your question, what's going on? Um, so this electric field interacts with your motor cortex. Um, and in 20 minutes, so 20 minutes of neurostimulation will induce a temporary state of what neuroscientists call hyperplasticity, or you can think of it as hyperlearning. Uh-huh. Um, and th- this, this uh, window of induction is about 60 minutes. So 20 minutes of neurostimulation buys you 60 minutes of hyperlearning. And in this case with Halo Sport, because the neurostimulation is targeted at the motor cortex, um, you know, the, 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 the part of your brain that's specifically in hyperplasticity is the motor cortex. So what we need you to do after your 20 minute session, 20 minute, uh, 20 minutes of neurostimulation is to feed the motor cortex training repetitions. Okay. So, um, you know, feed the brain movement training repetitions. So if you're a baseball player, we want you to throw or swing. If you're a basketball player, we want you to dribble or shoot. If you're a cyclist, we want you to pedal, pedal hard, pedal with great technique. Um, you know, if you're a violinist or a guitarist, we want you to practice, right? Practice your instrument. It's that same kind of movement. Like, you know, we, you know like we have a very broad, dish and a broad definition of what an athlete is here at the company. You know, so we, th- we think of surgeons as athletes, right? Because <laughs> they, they practice movement too. Sure. Um, so yeah, we, um, so yeah, it's any kind of movement that you want to practice and commit to muscle memory. Um, that's what we could help with. That's what we could help accelerate. Because by, because by sending these sort of low grade electrical signals into the correct part of your brain for that 20 minutes to prime your motor cortex, you're activating that part of your brain so that when you are actually doing the activity for the next hour, however long your your training session is beyond that 20 minutes of having the headphones on, uh, you're, you're in an optimal state of practice. And one thing that but when, when we first spoke before you guys sent me, um, sent me my unit, what, uh, you said this is not th- this is a this is a practice tool this is not a performance tool like you can't you're not going to wear this you're not going to go wear this uh for jujitsu you're not going to you're not going to see um you're not going to see athletes wearing these out on the on the on the field however this is specifically to the practice because your brain is now primed and linked up through you know increased plasticity for your physical body to perform at a higher level because your motor cortex is stimulated. Yeah. uh, So yeah, Sean, that's exactly right. So we see halo sport as a training tool, less so a day of performance tool. So you're going to get uh, the biggest bang for your buck, um, in the days and weeks leading up to a competition, um, and less so the day of competition. Um, you know, so that said, let me give you a more nuanced answer. Uh, we do see a lot of our athletes, um, using the device right before competition. And part of this reason, part of the reason is, is that they're creatures of habit and they don't want to mess with their, uh, with their routine. And that's perfectly fine. 
Um, another reason to do that is because you can learn from competition. Uh, it's very difficult to, um, to mimic the intensity of game day, right? So, yeah. so that's a great point. That's a really great point. Yeah. So, you know, basketball is a great example. They play three or four times a week and they actually don't have that much to practice. They don't have that much time to practice. So, you know, they, they can almost use the game as a mechanism by which to practice so that they can get better for the next game. And again, you're never going to you're never going to be able to to replicate that kind of game day intensity during practice, no matter what you do. I mean, it's you know you can just never get to that level. Um, so yeah, we're um, you know we're excited to see our, our athletes using it during both phases, you know, both during training and competition. How innovative is this? I mean, to the two parts to this question. What has what 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 has come before this that's even close to it? A and B. How much of a game changer is is this? Do you think for for overall um, performance and competition? What's the what's what's mm. the what's the impact there? Yeah. So this, I think, at the at the highest level, will one day soon be. Um, table stakes that it would be silly not to use it mm-hmm. and you would be at a competitive disadvantage if you didn't use it. Um, and, and here's the reason, Sean, um, it, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that the athlete who trains the most efficiently, the athlete who gets the most out of training wins. Okay. So you, you, like you look at Steph Curry, and um, so I, I've had the pleasure of meeting Steph. Uh, he is not a physical specimen like LeBron James. Um, in fact, he's pretty average looking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a, roughly my height. And I'm like, wow, you're one of the world's best. And I'm nothing. <laughs> um, what, what gives here? Um, and, you know, he, he's legendary for the amount of practice. But, like, I am 100% sure. I know this for a fact that there are other players who have practiced more than Steph and they're not as good as Steph. So what's going on here? Um, What's going on is that Steph's brain is spongier. It soaks up the learnings from practice at an accelerated rate. Um, And so, you know, when we're born, we are born with a certain number of reps in our bank account. And every day we draw from that account. And at some point, uh, it goes to zero and we're, we're not an elite athlete anymore. So, you know, for us, it's, it's about recognizing that we're human and that there are only a certain amount of reps that we can do, um, you know, in our prime before, before we start to fail and injuries start piling up. Like, what can we do to get the most out of every rep? Like, let's treat every rep as a precious commodity, right? Like we've already been doing things to optimize our body, right? Like, and I see a lot of these things on your website and that's awesome. And we should be doing that. But what are we doing to optimize perhaps the most critical organ system? The brain. Sure. Right? Like, you know, like we, we fuel the body in a way so that it optimally soaks up athletic training. 
why, why aren't we doing anything with the brain? Like, let's prime the brain so that it gets the most um, out, of, out of the athletic training session. So, you know, let's go back to Steph. He's legendary for shooting, um, you know, 100 three-pointers after every practice. Like, why does he do that? You know, he does that um, not for physical conditioning or anything. That He's doing that purely for the sake of his brain. He's saying, hey, brain, I'm going to do this one more time. Can you please pay attention and learn? Can you please pay attention so that, um, at, 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 you know, when I'm competing, when the intensity is the highest, you can just do this automatically? Yeah. Right? Well, and, and at the end of training, when his body is tired, when he's you know, emotionally drained from a training session where his feet hurt doing it then because that's going to set him, set him up for, for hitting that shot when he's stressed out at the end of the game to win it. Yeah. So let's, yeah, yeah, let's try to mimic a real game time situation and let's throw some load on the body first and then practice because that's more game-like. But yeah, so let's, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's extract more information out of that practice and encoded into neural circuitry so that when it comes to when it's, when it's game seven and the clock is ticking down and you need to call on this motor program, it's there, right? You've yeah. learned it. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's, and you, you know, you look at golf, right? Like, you know, go- golf is so repetitive and you see athletes at the highest level breaking down, you know, their back breaks down, their shoulders break down because they're just doing the same swing over and over. And this is, this is the bank account that I'm talking about, right? They're just drawing like every swing. They're just drawing against this bank account. Like, like what are they doing to maximize the gains, the neurologic gains from that practice? Like that's where we come in. I love that. So Steph's Steph's uh, spongy brain is this what makes him an alien? <laughs> it's not. Well, listen, it's not his height. It's not his weight. It's not sure. his muscular build. Yeah. Well, and and I know you know like he he floats too. He floats. He uses the sensory deprivation tank. He's he's quickly becoming sort of the poster boy for for flotation therapy and the way that he talks about it. It's all mental. I mean, of course, it's the, the magnesium sulfate that reduces swelling and increases um, um, circulation, but more than anything else, he's giving his, his brain a break. He's, he's lowering cortisol. He's, he's, you know, decreasing the impact of the default mode network. You know, he's getting that brain break and he's willing to, to, to push the, to push the boundaries a little bit because he knows how important the, your noodle is, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. I don't, it's, it's, there's no coincidence. Mm -hmm. So what, so what about, um, uh, what about what, what preceded this? Um, was there any, any other tech out there? Was there anything else available? And, and I'm sure that, you know, you sort of told us the story of, of how you came into, to come into sort of the private sector with this, but what else, was there anything else out there before, before this? Yeah. Um, so there's scientific equipment. So it looks like, um, it, I mean, it's the size of a toaster oven. Um, it's got dial switches. Yeah, cables, literally sponges for electrodes. So, you know, it takes a neuroscientist to know how to use it. Um, and, you know, the way you put the electrodes on, and especially the motor cortex, it requires some really precision hair parting and this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, it's scientific equipment. 
Um, um, so yeah, not particularly usable for non-neuroscientists, but, uh, you know, we're thankful for that equipment ultimately, right? Cause that's, that's what really led to the learnings in the field and enabled, uh, entrepreneurs like myself to develop, uh, uh you know, to turn that into a product. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you my experience with it. Uh, oh, yeah, awesome. cause I'd love to, I'd love to share. So the plan was, the plan was for me to, um, uh, train for a jujitsu tournament that I had, uh, that I had thought was coming up in, uh, in mid April and, um, life as it sometimes does happens. And not only did they change the format to invitational, which I, they overlooked me. I didn't get invited. Uh, they changed it to an invitational format. And then also I got knocked with this, with this seasonal cold that everybody else gets. And so the, the, the plan was to, to, pr uh, to practice and train on my back in jujitsu because I'm, uh, it's, it's the weakest part of my game is, is my, um, um, is my guard. And so what I was going to do was to wear this and train on my back and practice opening my hips and practice, um, um, going through some of the motions of, of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, with this, uh, with the halo sport, but didn't work out. So what I decided to do because I didn't want to waste it. And what I've been doing is I've been using it for yoga. And, um, one of my, one of my problems is that, uh, I lack certain flexibility, especially in my hips and sort of lower trunk. Uh, and it's just always been that way. So what I've been doing is I, the first couple of times I tried it, I used it, um, just in sort of normal kettlebell workouts, um, focusing very, very specifically on my form, but I've been using it um, four or five times just recently with, um, with my yoga practice to try to really focus on my form so that I can, so that I can, ha you know, have the best, uh, yoga practice I can possibly have and, and, and increase my, not only my flexibility, but my strength, um, in, within my flexibility. And I've, I'm well, I'm, I'm aware enough of my own mental states and brainwave states from, you know, 600 hours in a float tank and having meditated since I was a kid and, and, you know, being an elite athlete my entire life, I kind of know when I'm slipping into that zone a little bit. And what I noticed and what I continue to notice is that when I, um, when I put the unit on, when I put the headset on and, and it, and I turn it on, I can almost immediately feel a, just a slight awareness, not in the very middle of my brain where I, where you and I both know the, the motor cortex is, but slightly more forward, uh, into, into the, almost my prefrontal cortex where I can actually notice that I'm, I'm dialed in and it's not like instant flow state, but kind of it's, it's almost like, um, uh, it's almost like I've been warming up. It's almost like I've been focused or like I've been doing visualizations or meditations like before my workout or before my yoga practice. And, um, you know, the, 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 the primers, as you call them, the, the, you know, the electrodes are these sort of, um, medium firmness, um, um, 
spines that that sit you know over the over the over your ears if you know in a rainbow from the top of your ears over your head to the other ears and they take a second to kind of get into position um but because it's paired with the app and you can actually use the app to and the app will say okay yep nope it's not quite in the right position it's really simple to use but once it's in it's in once once you're once you've got them in the right position you just sort of like squeeze that the headphones down kind of into, into position, um, it says, okay, go. And then the timer starts. And then it's like, you better take advantage of this time, buddy, because it's, 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 it's time to train time to get better. And it's, and it's actually really encouraging. And, and I think for me personally, I, I love this stuff, uh, you know, as a, as a biohacker and a tinkerer who's used all sorts of different, uh, wearables and training devices and stuff like that. Like, I know that when I'm using a wearable that that it's go time and and there's maybe this sort of like um a placebo effect of don't waste this opportunity Sean you're geared up you're ready to go you've changed your clothes you've got your headset on it's time to boogie but it really did and and I'd be I'd be interested to hear some some anecdotal feedback that you've heard about do people feel like they they get into their sort of into their zone faster with this because that's what it feels like with me. Yeah. So Sean, let me preface everything I'm about to say that, uh, the data that I have for this is completely anecdotal. So we've never done this in like a sham controlled research trial, um, which is what we would like to do. But, um, but yeah, so I think there's something going on here and this is why. Um, so a significant number of users, I mean, almost all of them, express to us in an unsolicited way. So we're not going around asking people. Um, so they'll just offer this to us. Um, basically, so it, it, like variations of what you just said. So it's not like a flow state or it, and it's not like a concentration or a focus thing. It's this feeling that you get uh, of just being... Um, more connected to your movements. Um, something that might take 20 or 30 minutes of, um, of working out to feel, you feel almost immediately with neurostimulation. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, there's, um, you know, I, like, I would, like, we, we should do that research trial um, to see if we could, if this is actually true. Um, but, you know, it, uh, you know, we've just heard it so many different times and again, in an unsolicited way, that I feel like there's something here. What, what's what's keeping you guys from from the trials? Just too early, too early in the process, too expensive, or or? Oh no! So we've done. I mean, we've we've uh, we've done a lot of research, and we continue to do a lot of research. So we've tested about two thousand people so far. Um, so yeah, it's just a, ma a, a matter of priorities and slotting it in. You know, there's a lot of different things that we're interested in. And, um, you know, when you're, when you've got a system like Halo Sport, there's a temptation, especially if you're a scientist, you're like a kid in a candy store and you want to do everything. Sure. So yeah, it's just a matter about priorities and slotting that, that research trial in. Well, I would be, you know, I would be curious to know like what the markers would be for performance, right? Because it's so individual, it's so subjective and, you know, you, unless it was a longitudinal and you're, you know, you're tracking 
a darts player for two years or, you know, a high level golfer or something like that for, for years and you're, and you can see, um, their drive improve by 10 yards or something like that. Like it, it, it must be, it must be a tough thing to measure because, um, there are so many different markers for performance on top of, I feel good. Right. And, and, and at the very highest level, um, it's, it's a feeling. And, and you know that, like when you, when you had your personal best on Hawk mountain, um, it just, it just felt right. It felt, it felt like, it felt like you were doing things right. It felt like the zone, like, you know, and, and same thing for me playing soccer or jujitsu or having a great yoga practice. It just, it just feels right. But what do you think eventually will be the, the sort of measurement uh, markers for, for an actual measurable increase in performance. Yeah. So Sean, it's not eventually, it's already happened. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, you know, before we even launched Halo Sport as a product, we, you know, as part of those 2000 people that we studied, um, you know, we did the experiments that you just described. Um, and there's a way to do that and like, and there's a way to do it objectively. So, you know, you're trying to strip away all the subjective, non-scientific, findings and really get down to numbers. So, uh, you know, for example, you know, we can take a group of basketball players and just say, Hey, simply, just very simply, can we get you to jump higher? All right. We're going to, we're going to take a group of 20 basketball players, divide them into two, half of them get real neurostimulation. The other half get what we call sham neurostimulation. So it feels like the real thing, but it doesn't work. Ah, okay. Interesting. And, and so the players, the coaches, uh, the company, nobody knows who's in which group. We treat them equally. They do the exact same training we do before and after testing. And then we can compare the results from the two different groups. And, you know, in one trial, we showed that, uh, the group, so these are college football and basketball players that, um, trained with halo sport for two and a half weeks versus the sham neurostimulation. Um, the group that got Halo Sport improved their vertical leap by 1.9 inches versus almost nothing in the control group. Huh. Um, yeah, we can test that also on a Kaiser Air Squat. So this device that uses pressurized air as, um, as resistance, but also very nicely reports number of watts of power that your legs produce. And we could see that there. We can get like an extra 250 watts of power uh, from the legs if you train with neurostimulation versus not. Um, another study that we did is with the United States Olympic ski team. Um, and there we had access to an even fancier piece of equipment. It's called a force plate. Uh, it's about 20 or 30,000 bucks. And it's, it's like your digital scale at home times 10,000. Uh, it just, it measures force with exquisite sensitivity. Um, and there we could show that we can improve the quality of the movement as measured by how much wobble is in the force curve and also the total amount of force produced with the jump. Um, if you train with halo sport versus the, the fake neurostimulation waveform. Uh -huh. Um, so, you know, what we want to do is like, so, you know, like what you said, Sean is exactly the danger of doing this kind of research. It can't be subjective. You have to reduce it down to an athletic movement that is measurable. And you have to do it in a way where there's a proper control group. So, you know, we're really proud of our control group in that, um, you know, like we're basically 
convincing everybody in the study that they're getting the real thing, which is incredibly motivating, right? Like, hey, yeah, we just signed up for a neurostimulation research trial. Whoa, I feel something sizzling on my scalp. I must be getting the real thing. Therefore, I'm going to try harder. So, you know, both groups have that equal benefit. And yet only the group that gets real neurostimulation improves. Yeah, the re- the real juice. And and the the interesting part is that it, you don't really know it's on. Like when when it's on, it it's. I was sort of expecting sensation and or uh, you know uh, some sort of pulsing or something like that. And and it's just not the mm. case. It's like there's like a really teeny tiny sort of like something's on. I'm wearing a wearable. It's doing like a. It, when it first booted up, it was it was like a just for a quick second, and then it was gone. But it's a really, it's a high pitched thing. But it does it's not. It's not distracting at all. What uh, what what level are you using at? I was using it at the at the standard level five. Level five, and then I pumped it up to eight for a minute. Um, well, in the beginning, and then now I just do eight from here on out. I've just okay. been using eight the last couple of times I've been using it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's very typical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for for your listeners, what we're talking about is uh, there's an amplitude setting from one to 10 and the user is allowed to basically set their intensity and it's the, the entire range is safe and effective. It's really just personal preference. And you know, our general guidance is to use it at the highest level while it's still being comfortable. So, you know, for Sean, that's eight, but you know, for someone else, it could be four for someone else. It could be 10. Um, who, who have you seen, um, is there a story that you can tell us a little bit about, um, who you've, who, which athlete or somebody that just absolutely fell in love with it and used it and, and, and saw just amazing, amazing benefits. Is there a story you could tell us? Uh, there's a cornerback for the Raiders who we've grown really close to. Um, his name is TJ Carey, uh, really inspirational story. So, um, he had two open heart surgeries in high school and it kept him away from the game that he loved, which is playing football. So he was able to play a senior season and you know, the scholarships really weren't flowing in as they should because he only had one year of football. Uh, but he did, um, he did go somewhere. Um, it was Ohio university and he did well there. Um, so small school, not known for pumping out NFL caliber players. And he got, he was a very late round, um, draft pick, uh, which is for a football player, a dangerous place to be, uh, because, you know, the GM's career is not riding on you being successful. So, um, yeah, if you don't perform you're it, it's pretty easy for the team to drop you. Um, nobody really loses face for that draft pick, but TJ is a starter now. Um, yeah, he's he's a, the starting quarterback. There's only you know, there's 30 NFL teams or thereabouts, and you know there's two quarterbacks per team. Um, so there's 60 starting quarterbacks. So TJ is one of them. Um, you know, one of the most amazing things about TJ is uh, um, you know he he you'll, you know, these football players will talk about their peak of fitness, and it'll always be it'll always go back to the day that um, they were at the combine. Which, um, which just, right. just happened. Um, and he was able to get back to his combine numbers. So four to two inch vertical leap and, you know, like a four or three on the 40, uh, which 
you know, if for for your listeners that follow football, like these are incredible numbers. Yeah, those are crazy numbers. Um, yeah, just for fun, uh, we brought him into our office, and he in dress shoes um, and in dress pants, <laughs> he he jumped thirty nine and a half. Um, so yeah, j- just for fun. What a stud. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he never expected to get back to those numbers. Um, and yeah, we helped him get back there and, you know, he's just been playing better than ever. And, um, you know, just uh, like to be a part of the story has been amazing. Um, I got one more story for you, Sean. Is that okay? Absolutely. Please do. Yeah. So, um, very different from football, maybe polar opposite, um, is chamber music. So there's an Austrian string quartet led by their lead violinist named Daniel Auner. So uh, Daniel buys a Halo Sport, um, ship it to him in Austria, and he's basically rooting against us from day one. He plans on trying it and returning it to us. (laughs) Uh, But it worked for him. And then he passes it on to second violin, and it worked for her. And then he passes it on to viola and it worked for him and he passes it on to his cellist and it worked for him. So, uh, okay. So we, we proved it one by one to all four of these folks in the quartet. And again, they're based in Vienna, Austria. Uh, so they come to the San Francisco Bay area to play a couple of concerts and they just show up unannounced at our office. and. So, you know, we, we, we answer the door and it's like, you have an appointment with someone? Um, what's the deal? And they're like, no, we're just users and we want to talk to you. <laughs> so they come in and... Are you panicking at that point? Like, oh. Well, yeah, well, I was... I mean, they looked nice enough. Um, they're not pissed. <laughs> and they, yeah, they didn't look pissed. Um, nice. And so we start talking and they tell us a story. Uh, and, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, like, we can't have too many of these stories. It's just like fantastic to hear. And they're like, listen, if you're around on Thursday, can we come back and play a private concert for you guys? Oh, that's cool. And we're like, absolutely. We're order pizza. You know, we'll, let's hang out. So yeah. So they came back and they just played so beautifully. Uh, and you know, it's stories like this with the honor quartet stories like um, you know, the work that we did with TJ Carey for us to play even a small role in their success is just so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's awesome to, to see like the fantastic things that TJ can do on the field all the way down or across to what the outer quartet can do in producing this amazing music, um, and everything in between all our amazing users in between. Um, like we're, we're as a company just inspired by our users every day. Yeah. That must be a nice feedback loop. You know, like when people, you, you, you know, you put, you put to put together a product that you believe in, you send it out there, you hope people love it. And then you hear like, Hey, we love it so much. We want to, we want to play a private concert for you. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, know, yeah. Yeah. Sean. And I just like, especially with our, with our users right now, it's like, these are the, these are the pioneers. I mean, we just built the product. Um, you know, the people that use it are really the pioneers in, you know, what we see as the next generation of human performance. You know, yeah. they, they're on this journey with us. Yeah. Right? 
Um, so yeah, there's like, it's, uh, it's really this amazing community that's formed around this piece of hardware. That's a brain stimulator. And, you know, it might, uh, I mean, you know, we're thankful for the progress that we've made, but like, if you could imagine what it was like on day one, right. That's like, well, okay. We're selling brain stimulators to athletes. You ready for this? <laughs> All right. Let's start talking to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this your, is this your main, is this your main project? Cause I know that you've been involved in a lot of other, you know, successful projects also. Like, is this, is this your nine to five now? Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So there's uh, it's a lot more than nine to five as you can imagine, but, uh, yeah, I bet. but yeah, this is, this is it. It's, uh, it's definitely keeping me busy. What, what do you foresee? Um, what do you foresee as a potential problem, um, with, with this, um, mm. going forward? You know, like what, where's, where's this going to get, um, hiccups? Yeah. So a lot of people ask us about safety and they should. Yeah. And, you know, from our perspective, any discussion around safety should really be a discussion around data. So, you know, for us, uh, we've been talking about those 2000 people that we studied in our research trials and, you know, we collect efficacy data, but, um, and we've been talking about that. Uh, but we also collect safety data, uh, which is really important, um, to help us prove out the safety profile. Um, and yeah, in, in our users, in our hands with our equipment, uh, everything's pointing towards a very safe product. Uh, so now we have an installed base of, you know, many, many thousands of devices and we're collecting usage data from all of our users. And, you know, again, it's just like, you know, devices out in the field where we have, you know, over a hundred thousand data points of successful neurostimulation sessions. Um, safety's really just been proving out more and more. Uh, and then, uh, another place to look is the published literature. So we've been talking about these 3,000 um, these 3,000 papers. Well, those 3,000 papers cover over 100,000 subjects. You know, many of those subjects have been using, uh, the, you know, the, the, the neurostimulation technology for, you know, years on end. And, you know, with other people's equipment um, in other people's labs, you know, it's... Um, you know, the safety profile just keeps reinforcing itself in that we have a safe product here. That's a, that must feel good. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think it should be expected, um, uh, you know, like taking a page out of my last company where it's a medical implant. So it's a very different kind of neurostimulation, far more severe. Um, and it's also on 24 seven. Yeah, like, right. Like in this case, it's non-invasive, and it's only twenty minutes a day, max. So, far different levels of exposure. And you know, if you look at uh, the the data from uh, my last company, you know, we have ten year safety data of people like you know who have been implanted for ten years. And you know, none of these. Uh, I mean, there's a like I guess when you're talking about the brain and electricity, there's a lot of let's call them hypothetical, theoretical side effects. Like, um, like, am I going to go crazy? Am I going to be depressed? And will it affect my sleep? Will I get brain cancer? Right? Like, like none of those things have, have borne out in the data. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, it's all theoretical. I, I mean, I think 
when we get more experience and this becomes more common, we will look back to this time as thinking throwing drugs at the brain as being far more reckless than what we're doing with neurostimulation. Sure, sure. Right? Like, I mean, I would love to just kind of turn that conversation. It's like, hey, listen, when you take a drug, you're blasting your whole body unnecessarily. You're blasting your whole brain unnecessarily. You only need to hit a certain part of your brain for the certain part of the, of the time. Like, why is it all over the place, always on? Right? Like, yeah. you know, with neurostimulation, because it's a physical device, um, we can place the electrodes where we want it and not where we don't want it. And because it's a physical device, we can turn it on and off. We can turn yeah. it on when we need it. We can turn it off when we don't need it. So, um, so yeah, I think the, like we will see, we will see this modality in, in our, our interface with the brain. Like, I think we will see it tilt more towards electronic therapies and away from drug therapies. How does, how does this compare to uh, neurofeedback? Yeah, so neurofeedback is the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so neurofeedback is sensing from the brain um, and playing that data back to the individual and encouraging this individual to change their behavior. So we're not sensing from the brain. We're actually delivering energy to the brain. Got it. There is no feedback. There is no feedback. It's it's uh, it's one way one way traffic into the motor cortex. That's right. <laughs> yeah, one way going in versus one way going out in neurofeedback. Got it. Interesting. Do you have any experience with neurofeedback? Uh, not not really. My co-founder has more experience on the EEG side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, less so me. Do you think that this is for everybody? Uh, I think it's for serious athletes. I, th I think it's for, um, so you can be an existing serious athlete or you could be an aspiring serious athlete. Like maybe, uh, you were an athlete in high school and college and life got in the way and now it's time to get back at it. Um, I think it'd be, it could be for those folks. Um, it could be for folks that have always wanted to play a musical instrument and now, at this point in their life, um, they want to pick it up. Maybe yeah. they didn't have the means or the time before, and now they do. They've earned that right. Yeah. And yet, they don't even start because they're just like, wow, this 10,000-hour rule is going to take me forever <laughs> to get good. So you know, I just would love to you know, inspire your listeners to think, like, you know, what if it were the 2,000-hour rule instead of yeah. 10,000 hours? Like, what would you do today? Um, so, you know, where we, you know, we're, we're, we're known as a sports performance company or a movement company, but, um, that's not, that's, that's not who we are. We're a human performance company. So you could expect additional products from us that target different brain areas to, that get at different neurologic functions that will help us learn faster. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's just have fun. Let's just have fun. And you know, this, I'm not. Like, I'm not going to spill company secrets here, but let's have some fun. Like, what yeah. if you, like, Sean, what if you want to learn to speak Chinese? Um, but, you know, today you wouldn't even, you're just like, listen, it's just, it's going to take way too long. By the time I'm good, I'm about to die. Like, it's just not going to happen. Sure. Um, but, like, what if we could, what if you paired neurostimulation of your language cortex 
with your Berlitz or your Duolingo app on your phone. Yeah. And I could, I could show you that you can learn twice as fast or three times as fast. Yeah. You know, there might be some hope for you, right? You're like, Hey, wait a second. Now I'm motivated because you know, which we, what we want to do is to help humanity jump on this virtuous cycle of practice, yielding success, yielding more positive motivation, yielding more practice into more success, into motivation, more practice. So this is this virtuous cycle. Right. You know, what we don't want is the death spiral where you practice, 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 and you get none of the reward. And so therefore you stop and you never give yourself a chance to bring, you know, something new into your life that you want. Well, that's, that's an optimistic way to look at the world, man. I, 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 I love that. I mean, that's, that's what at the, at the heart of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, with, with, you know, all natural supplements that we create that are open source and non-proprietary that, that help people get better. And we're, we are attacking the performance, um, angle from, from a nutritional uh, standpoint with, uh, with nutrition, but, but if, if somebody knew that they could wear a headset with, that didn't, didn't, it wasn't uncomfortable and that would help them, um, that would help them walk. That would help them acquire language that would help them ease, you know, social anxiety or help them, um, you know, get outside or, or, you know, experience. And that's, you know, it's not getting into like VR, uh, or AI or AR or anything like that. But that's like, if you need a little bit, if you need a little bit some of something to help stimulate parts of the brain that will help you live a better life, like, why wouldn't you try it? Why wouldn't yeah. you? Like, wh- yeah. what is it? What is there to lose? I think very little. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, you know, we're preaching to the choir here. Sure. Um, you know, yourself, your listeners, um, you know, you guys, we are, um, you know, just naturally inquisitive and we think about these things and we hunger for ways to, um, you know, help ourselves, um, with the way that we perform physically, mentally, uh, you know, we are not the majority. Um, so yeah, it like, you know, the, the way I, I see, you know, Sean and the community that you've built around your podcast, um, um, you know, these are, these are the folks that like we really want to embrace and welcome into our community. Um, um, and you know, in time, the rest of the world will see the results that we get and, you know, inspire another community of people to pick it up. Yeah. Well, somebody listening right now is going to get their hands on one of these because you guys are nice enough to allow us to give one away. Um, we're, we're in the, in the middle of, of the giveaway now. And there's, um, there's promos running and, and of course, everybody, don't worry, we'll give you explicit directions, uh, by now, um, um, on how to, how to enter to win. But, um, well, give me a little b- b- before we, you know, we, before we wrap this thing up, um, what can you tell me, you know, given what you've heard about sort of, you know, I didn't get picked for the jujitsu tournament. Um, uh, I don't, I don't really have a, I don't, I don't really have a performance or that I'm working toward. Am I using this right? You know, wearing it 
um, for, for my yoga practice? Like how can I make the most out of the time that I have with this puppy? Yeah. So you can definitely use it for yoga. I mean, yoga is a lot about core strength and balance, um, and symmetry, and you can use neurostimulation to improve all of those things. Um, I mean, that's a learned movement. So absolutely. And then I think one other thing that people don't realize is that flexibility, range of motion is actually probably more neurologic than it is structural. So, you know, when you're stretching, it's not like you're lengthening your tendon. I mean, if anybody has done a cadaver dissection, it takes a lot of pulling to lengthen a tendon. I mean, that thing is, that thing is like a piece of denim, like it's not going anywhere. Um, what you, what you are doing is you're training your nervous system to give a little bit more, to relax a little bit more so that you can lengthen the muscle. So yeah, there's actually a really nice study, um, uh, came came out of Sweden that that looked at this and you know they they're basically they just uh, published a really nice paper reinforcing this idea that of the neurologic basis to flexibility. Yes, I I think that's I think that's fascinating. It's it's not that you're it's not that you can't flex farther. It's that you're up inside your head about <laughs> about how it is that you're doing this. You're you're it's in your brain telling you, Oh no, don't go that far. Or, you know, we're not, we're not cut out for this or we can't do that. You know, like that, I think that's because we've all had moments, whether it's after a sauna or when we're not paying attention, where we bend over and pick something up. And then we find that we're actually a little bit more flexible than we thought we were to know, to know, and to think about that. Cause that's one thing that you and I talked about before we sent before I before I got my hands on one and was started using it, you were you were saying that that this that this might actually help my flexibility, and I, I just think I just think that's fascinating. Yeah, we uh, we actually got that result with the baseball team. Um, you know, we did uh, we we did a bunch of testing and we got the result that we were expecting, but then we were kind of scratching our heads, like, what is going on with range of motion? And you know, we all like went to the literature and you know just like kind of refreshed our memories is like, wait a second. Yeah. The brain has a role in relaxing our muscles and, um, and we can teach it by practicing stretching to give us more range of motion. And, you know, you can almost feel it like, you know, there's this push and pull, like you have a stressful day and you kind of tense up. Right. And you got to undo that with some stretching. So, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, most of us here in your, in your community, we've got day jobs and, they're not a walk in the park. So, you know, we want to remain flexible, but you know, our day job kind of, you know, forces us the other direction, which is, which is why we have to keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you good about stretching? Do you, do you, yeah, for sure. Every night. Yeah. Yeah, Every every night. night. Yeah. Before you like what after dinner before bed kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and do you still use the halo sport? Do you train, um, do you train with it? Yeah, I do. Um, so I use Halo Sport, but I'm also beta testing our second product. Cool. Um, you got to eat your own dog food, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, right. Uh, are, do you use it like with a Peloton at home, or do you just some sort of stationary bike? No, I, I so you know I'll I'll um, I'll wear it as I'm running out the door, and uh, take it off, put on my bike helmet, and get after it. Um, nice. Yeah, sure. The part of that time and part of this period of hyperplasticity is eaten up by by my warm up, but you know, there's still enough time after that where I can get some good training in. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's fascinating uh, stuff. It's fascinating stuff. And I, and I think, I think that when we look forward 10 years, we still know nothing. I mean, I'm, uh, you're, a, you're a neuroscientist. I'm not, but we just don't, we just really don't know anything about the brain yet. Do we? We're just so far away from knowing what we need to know. Yeah. So Sean, I'm with you a hundred percent there, but I also want to take the glass half full approach uh-huh. in that we do know a lot. And you know, if you look at what's happened over the last 20 years in this explosion in technology development, you know, especially around like MRI and CT scanning and how we're able to use that as a research tool to understand like how the brain is connected, we should use that to our advantage. There's yeah. still a lot we don't know, but to ignore all of that and to not use it to our advantage would also be, I, I, I mean, to me, that would be an opportunity missed. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Let's, let's activate on what we know and let's, you know, let's keep I, forging onward, but yeah, it, let's, let's do something. Yeah, let's do something. Let's do something, especially if it's, you know, we know that it's safe. The data shows it's safe. It's, it's, it's fine to wear. It's not uncomfortable to wear. Um, and, and, and wait, there's more, there's other parts of the brain. There's other things that you can do. I think it's, I think it's super awesome. It's, it's really exciting to me, man. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to milk this as long as I can and hold on to my, uh, my, my loner, my loner version for as long as I can. But, but somebody, somebody listening right now is going to, is going to get one of these and, um, you know, I'll just tell you whoever you are that, 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 that wins this thing like, don't waste it. Go use it. Go be awesome. Whatever it is that that turns you on, whatever it is that you're into, whether it's cycling or marathons or CrossFit or whatever, like go, go push yourself, go, go perform optimally. Yes, please. And please tag us on Instagram or, or tweet at us. Like all of us at the company, we eat that stuff up. And awesome. yeah, we are going to be virtually high-fiving you from San Francisco where we're all based. Nice. Well, I'm going to do it too. Cause I haven't, I haven't really been, I haven't really been, um, been posting online with it, but I'm going to start doing it now. You guys are going to, you're going to regret that. Cause now I'm going <sighs> to, you're going to see me in my undies, uh, doing my, mo- doing my, doing my, doing my movements, wearing my halo sport. All right. At least you got your undies on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate, um, really appreciate the time. Is there any, what's the best way for people to find you? Um, what's the most important, um, way that people can get, uh, get in contact? Yeah. Website's great. Haloneuro.com, um, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you could just, you guys could just do the search, but it's at halo neuroscience or at halo neuro. Um, one of those two on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and yeah, yeah, we would love we would love your follows. And if you want to sign up for our email list, you can be the first to get company news that way. And I look forward to keeping in touch with all of you guys. Awesome. Okay, everybody, that does it for this episode of the OPP. See you guys later.